Abandon all prejudices, all ye who enter here. Park your paradigms, perk up your ears, and open your mind as we now shine the laser light of reason on the topic of the effect of inertia on our expectations of things to come. Hello, I'm David Bolton, and welcome to my podcast channel dedicated to helping people think more clearly, make sounder judgments, avoid superficiality, and above all, to unceasingly question instead of naively accepting what others want us to believe, for this is the path of Socrates. My friends, I've always been a student of history, and I think we should not just read history and know more or less what happened, at least the big things, but we should learn the lessons of history. That's much more difficult, you know. Let's go back to the year 1941, and the month is December, beginning of December 1941. Now, as many of you, hopefully most of you will know, Europe was already at war. Britain was already at war with Nazi Germany. The Japanese were already at war for years with China, before it was communist China. Things were pretty bad in many places in the world. But in the U.S., people, well, they were getting wary. But supposedly FDR wanted to keep us out of the war. Of course, he was saying, we're not at war, we're neutral. Meanwhile, he was helping Great Britain by sending them supplies and <laughs> such things. Of course, Hitler didn't like. But nonetheless, there was no war. And yes, we had tensions with Japan. America had cut off uh, access to certain oil fields in Southeast Asia because the Japanese were using that oil to fuel their war machine against China. But still... We usually tend to think, well, things can be worked out. If both sides have goodwill, they can talk about it and things will be worked out. And so it was then. The Japanese had sent a delegation of representatives to Washington, and they were there at the beginning of December 41. Uh, they were there that Saturday, for example. I don't know if they were negotiating that day because it was the weekend, of course. But everybody thought, well, maybe we can work out our differences there. And we still weren't at war with Germany. But then, as you know, on Sunday, that fateful day that will live in infamy, December 7, 1941, the Japanese sneakily attacked Pearl Harbor. Some say their delegation in Washington might not even have known they were going to do that. Maybe they didn't tell them that because then, you know, they might have let the cat out of the bag just with the looks on their faces or something. I don't know. Or maybe they did know it, but they were just good Japanese and didn't show their emotions very much. I'm not sure whether the delegation knew it or not. In any case, it looked pretty bad. There was no declaration of war. Just suddenly, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. And then America, they woke up that Sunday morning, what, what's going on here? The Japanese have attacked us? Well, for those who thought that things couldn't get any worse, they had a rude shock on December 11th. I believe that was about 8 in the morning when the news came out in America. I think Hitler announced that at 3 p.m., Hitler declared war in America, which is probably, well, besides his attack on the Soviet Union, was probably the stupidest thing he did. That's the last thing I would have done. Sure, he had the pact with Japan, but there was some sort of pact that said that if some other country attacks Japan, Germany would join the war. But since Japan attacked America, he had no obligation to join that war. 
and it was a really dumb thing to do from his perspective, uh, obviously. And for us, it didn't look too good either, because 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, within five days, we were at war with the two most belligerent empires in the world. But before that, for years before that, people like Charles Lindbergh, well, he, he liked some of the Nazis. Of course, the Holocaust wasn't happening yet. Not really. Sure, Jews were being kicked out of the professions and such things. There were the terrible racism. But then we had racism in America, too. As uh, people, rats like Heinrich Himmler, the head of the SS, said uh, one time, so I don't know why the Americans are so upset about what we're doing with the Jews, because look what they did to Native Americans. <laughs> Sent them poison blankets, even stuff like that. And shamefully, he had a point there. Uh, yes, things have gotten much, 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 much better. And I'm not trying to defend the Nazis in any way, shape, or form. What I'm trying to point out here is that at the be at the be let's say on Saturday, uh, December sixth, nineteen forty-one, we thought, well, we can work things out with the Japanese, and we're not in war with Hitler. Well, you know, let England take care of that. We can help England somewhat. And then suddenly, within four or five days, we're at war with the two most powerful empires in the world. Uh, this was problematic. Why didn't more people see this? Why didn't more people, I believe it was in 1936, when Hitler uh, occupied the Rheinland, the Rhine territory there, that according to the Treaty of Versailles, he was not allowed to occupy? Why didn't, we, why didn't France and England attack him then? Well, because they didn't want war, you don't want to attack. No, well, okay, the Germans live there, just let him take that. Winston Churchill, who wasn't the chancellor then, he was saying, hey, it's time to attack Hitler now, because otherwise it's going to be really difficult once he builds up his military. And sure enough, that's what happened. And so it was a long, drawn-out in a war that was much more horrible. Even Hitler said in later years to his people, it's good that, that England and France didn't attack me back then when I took over the Rheinland because they would have beat me easily. There would have been a coup d'etat in Germany. The officers would have taken me out uh, and I would have been finished then. So you see, sometimes war can be the best solution. No, I'm not a warmonger, in case you think that. Once again, my point here is how people get used to living in a certain way. And from day to day, we think, oh, things are going to work out. I remember, for example... November 2020. I was walking down the street with a friend of mine. He's since gone back to the States. And I was talking about what happened in the 2020 election. And I said, you, you know, this could mean civil war. In any case, this is going to be some really big events. He said, oh, no, you're exaggerating. He said, look, this is politics as usual. The Democrats complain when Bush won, supposedly. And then now the Republicans complain, and this will all work out. And then Biden's president, that's it. I said, oh, no, no, it's not going to be like that. Uh, it looks like it, it looks like he was right. Doesn't it? Give it a few months, you'll see. You'll see what happens. For some reason, people are kind of hypnotized by routine, and this connects to the theme of inertia. You know what that is. You who've had uh, physics, I'm going to read you a, a, a definition from internet. I think it's from Webster's here. A property of matter by which it remains at rest or in uniform motion in the same straight line unless acted upon by some external force. It can also mean indisposition to motion, exertion, or change. Let's apply that to the present topic. I've noticed so often people get into this routine of thinking, well, things are going in a certain way. Of course, there's some news. Maybe there's a train crash or 
uh, some kind of war in some faraway country. It doesn't really affect us. Or, okay, maybe there's some riots like last summer. That was kind of extreme. You know, every night for four months in a bunch of American cities. I remember the Martin Luther King riots. Uh, they didn't go in for that long, but it was more cities, as I recall. Uh, but people think, okay, well, they're flare-ups, but then things get back to normal and things. Yet, if we go back to 1941, beginning of December once again, America had not been in a war since World War One, And yeah, we were gradually coming out of the Depression, but then suddenly we're at war with these extremely powerful forces. Do you think that can't happen again? Let me ask you honestly. Are you one of those who thinks, well, it looks like some things are dangerous in the world, but it's not going to get all that bad. If so, you might have another thing coming, my friend. If you look at history, history is filled with things that started out, hey, want to go back to, to uh, 1914? What happened there in the summer when that uh, Archduke, Franz Ferdinand, was killed? Uh, he, and, he and his wife were killed. And that set off a chain reaction of things with well, different alliances. That was a big problem. It was, it, all these countries had alliances, one with the other. And before you know it, beginning of August, we're, or the world was in World War I, one of the most destructive events ever in human history, because some couple was murdered. I mean, of course, you know, tensions between Serbia and Austria, there are many things connected to that. But things can happen really fast. Things can happen really fast. The wise observer will look at all the signs that are out there. He or she will look at different news sources. Get the hint here? Different news sources. I don't mean mainstream media here. They'll see what's going on in the world. They'll see how we might be connected to it. They'll put this within the mosaic of other things that are happening. Look, this pandemic or plandemic, whichever you prefer, uh, that uh, seems to, yes, have come from China, has ruined the world economy. I mean, the world economy is worse off than it's been in the American economy. Look at it now. Uh, all the debts have been accumulated. Uh, still so many people out of work. Uh, now we're no longer energy independent as we were under Trump. Look at all these things happening now. Let me ask you this. If you were a Chinese communist leader, Xi Jinping, one of the others, I mean, of course, your dream was to get rid of Trump. That's obvious because he was, you know, slapping all these tariffs on Chinese goods, saying that China is the enemy, etc., etc. You had to get rid of Trump. Of course, if you release some kind of virus that might destroy the, the economy in an election year, that could do it. That was my first thought when, the, when they were talking about COVID. I thought, oh my God, that's what they're going to try now. After the, the, the fake Russian collusion thing, and the telephone call to Ukraine, and then some bimbo story thrown in that disappeared quickly it was so ridiculous. Now they're gonna, now they're really playing hardball. Now it's gonna be with a pandemic to destroy the economy. And most likely election fraud. <laughs> what happened? Am I psychic? No, I just know, well, maybe a little. <laughs> but I just know how to observe the things and put the pieces together. Why would China do that? Well, let me tell you, if I were a Chinese leader, I would have done that. See, this is the way you have to learn to think. People are too self-centered. They only think the way they think. Maybe they have little imagination. I don't know. People should learn to think the way the enemy thinks. I was never in the military. But if I were, I think I probably would have made a pretty good officer, especially at higher levels, because I can think the way the enemy thinks. If I were a Chinese communist leader, I would have been talking behind closed doors, of course. We have to get rid of this Trump. 
we can't have another four years of this Trump. This cannot be. We have to get rid of him. Then I would think, how can we do it? Well, if some big pandemic starts, we have 1.4 billion people. Even if it kills 100 million here. As long as we make a vaccine before, there's some evidence coming out that vaccines are being worked on before this thing came out. That's interesting, isn't it? Or maybe it's not so much about the, about how dangerous uh, this COVID is, because after all, if you look at the real death figures, it really isn't what they're suggesting. Uh, but we know the Americans. We know they're going to panic. We know they're chickens, the great, a great number of them. We know that we control the media in part in America, like Bloomberg News. Michael Bloomberg himself said a couple of years ago, we don't criticize China at all in our programs because the Chinese don't like that. We respect their laws. Imagine an American billionaire saying this. Oh, of course they criticize Trump. They criticize their own president, but they don't criticize the leaders of the Chinese Communist Party that have mur that murdering tens of thousands of people to steal their organs. And yes, that's been documented. That information is out for years. So the Chinese communists say it's a lie. It is not a lie. Uh, forget the fact that they're enslaving Uyghur Muslims, killing many of them, enslaving others to work in their factories for free. Forget all of that, Michael Bloomberg. Don't mention that because you want to do business with China. If this isn't despicable. So the Chinese leaders think, well, we have Bloomberg on our side. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, CNN, they're glad to criticize Russia because we want them to, but they're not going to criticize China beyond the absolute minimum. So yeah, the media will be with us. Oh, then there's our friend, in quotes, Bill Gates. Oh, he'd like to wipe out part of the world anyway. Oh, we said the population would be low. Let's see what kind of alliance we can make there. If I were a Chinese leader, I'd be thinking like that. Because there are 8 billion people in the world, first of all. Because they don't want to always have democracies harping at them about civil rights. They think, well, we just kill all the people in other countries and we repopulate the world. If I were a Chinese communist leader, that's exactly what I'd be thinking. Now, maybe your imagination doesn't go that far, or you don't know human nature. You don't know, you haven't stared into the face of evil. You don't really know what it is. You don't know how these people think. Maybe you're just too naive. I don't know. But that's the way communists have always thought. I mean, go back and read what they've written. Please. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That's right. You have better things to do, like put a picture of yourself in a bikini on Facebook or picture of the pizza you ate last night. Well, yeah, let's, uh, let's leave all this boring history stuff for some other year, right? Until it's too late because you weren't awake. This is what dictators do. They want control and they want total control of every place because otherwise every other place that isn't their dictatorship is going to challenge them either now or later. Trump was their main enemy in the world. They had to take him down. And look what they did. Well, now, of course, what with the election fraud? They could have taken him down there anyway. Uh, data packets coming out of China. You're going to hear, I'm saying that, uh, you're going to hear a lot more about that in the next few months, I guarantee you. Dominion machines, you'll be a lot more about them, even more than you have until now. And if you're one of my leftist friends, please do your homework and don't just parrot what you hear in CNN. Oh, it's just Trump talking about it's an election fraud. He's such a liar. Look at the evidence. Look at the evidence. Study the evidence point by point and come up with good solid explanations. And don't give me that about Oh, it's just that so many people hated Trump. That that's why Biden got more votes than any other person in history of American politics. Yes, yeah, sure. If you're that dumb that you believe that, then maybe nobody can help you. 
but probably you're like a couple of leftists that I've met that I've I debated them in the corner. I said, well, the truth is, even if there was election fraud, I don't care as long as Trump's out. In other words, you don't believe in democracy. You're a fascist at heart or a communist, which is the same thing, ultimately. You don't care about honest elections. You just wanted Trump out. And a lot of the leftists are just like that. They really don't believe in democracy. They believe in, therefore, in democracy as long as they always get what they want, then democracy's fine. It's just like freedom of speech, you know. Who was it? Was it Winston Churchill that said... uh Freedom, I forget the exact quote, but yeah, freedom of speech is really not about, uh, just you being able to say what you want, but it's about the opposite views being expressed as well. A person who respects freedom of speech will not try to suppress the opposite views. The persons or entities who suppress the opposing views, these are people who want to suppress freedom of speech. Note that well, because it's the truth. Hey, it's easy to say, I believe in free of speech. I want to be able to say whatever I can. But then somebody else says, oh, silence him. What? Some kind of Nobel Prize winner, Luc Montagnier, who won the Nobel Prize for Medicine, no less, in 2008, is talking against the vaccines. Silence him. Don't let him talk on YouTube. I don't care if it's a Nobel Prize. Well, he's saying what I don't want anybody to hear. Uh, if you haven't noticed these things, and if you think that's justified, then I'll say you're definitely a fool and possibly evil simply you don't believe in democracy you don't really believe in freedom and you're a fool because you think that if your side ultimately wins you're going to always be able to say what you want oh yeah right just like those fools in germany because there was a good number that first supported hitler when they saw what he was doing they started talking against him and they ended up in the concentration camps they were sent <laughs> on the, uh, the dachau express within germany and there are a lot of those people. The same with the communist revolutions. I met a man personally who was with Fidel Castro in the jungles. Talked about in some other podcast episode. I met him in Madrid, an older gentleman. Actually, a pretty old guy who was in his 70s. He was a friend of Castro and Che Guevara. And fighting with him in the jungles against the, the dictator Batista there. And when they won, he saw that Fidel, all he wanted to do is consolidate his power and get all the power for himself. He said, Fidel, what's going on here? I thought this was all about the people. I thought you were doing, we were doing this just for the people. And he said, well, my friend, I'm not going to have you shot. I'm not going to put you in prison, but it's best you leave the country. So fortunately, he was allowed to leave the country. He went to Spain and lived there for the rest of his life. That's what communism is all about. That's what fascism is all about. You preach that it's for the people. It's for the people. Oh, it's for the blacks and it's for these and it's for the gays. and everything. But then when those forces that are behind those movements win, and I'm talking to you leftists, who, who, who think, oh, it's fine that YouTube and Facebook censor everything. Never mind the fact that Facebook is the greatest forum in the world. I mean, okay, here in Shibuya, it's a, it's a square here in, in Tokyo, an intersection of different streets by next to a really big train station. At certain moments, there are 10,000 people crossing the street. That's a lot of people. But in Facebook, Facebook has, what is it, 2 billion users, something like that. It's the greatest public forum in the world. If you think that's fine, that they can just totally suppress freedom of speech at all times. A forum that many people really don't want. You say, well, just leave. Go to another forum. Yeah, right. But if you have a thousand friends in Facebook, you have to start all over again. And those friends aren't in other forums. That's not too easy. Oh, you think it's fine. Until they start suppressing your voice. Ah. Then it's different, isn't it? I'd like to read you something. I'm going to put on pause so I get this quote again. Just a second. Excuse me, this is a, a short poem by Pastor Martin Niemöller, 1945. Maybe you've 
uh, read it, heard it before. I'm going to read it here. In Germany, this is talking about the Hitler years, right? In Germany, they came first for the communists, and I did not speak up because I wasn't a communist. Then they came for the Jews, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a trade unionist. Then they came for the Catholics, and I didn't speak up because I, I was a Protestant. Then they came for me, and by that time, no one was left to speak up. Pastor Martin Niemöller, that explains it dramatically well. So if you're one of those on Facebook, YouTube, and I've met many of you fools there, you're probably not listening to this. I'm probably talking to people, probably preaching to the choir, people that agree with me anyway. Nonetheless, just in case, in time, some of you might hear this. If you're one of those fools who is constantly uh, attacking opposite views and saying, oh, it's right, Facebook can, they can, they can censor whoever they want, of course. Of course, they were censoring them. They wouldn't say that, would they now? Then, then, then maybe you should read that poem of Mati Nimala and think about it above all, what that means. Because if the forces of oppression win, and make no mistake, the war is going on now. It's a modern war that you, most of you don't notice, but it's going on right now. If the forces of oppression win, they're going to be oppressing a lot more. A lot of you leftists out there, when you say, wait a minute, yeah, we were against Trump, but we, we weren't expecting this. They're going to say, oh, shut up. And if you don't shut up, you're going to be, you're going to be not only censored, but worse as well, because bad things could be on the horizon. Now, this is about inertia, mainly. How does inertia figure into this? It's the characteristic most people have of thinking things are going to go on as before. Right? Things are going to go on before. Well, okay, right? There are ups and there are downs and there are little scares, whatever, but basically things go on as before. Of course, then something like December 7, 1941 happens, or something like 11th of September 2001, and then suddenly things are quite different. Uh, were you worried about something happening before September 11, 2001? Most people weren't. I wasn't at the time. I wasn't even following the news very much. Of course, those who were following could see that uh, the USS Cole, some ship had been attacked by Al-Qaeda in October 2000, but, well, okay, it's one ship, a few sailors dead. Uh, of course, the World Trade Center had been attacked before. I think that was 1993, and that was much more noticeable, but then people forget about that. But this tendency of ours to just think, oh, things will smooth out some way. Yeah, they, they, and usually they are smoothed out. And, you know, things work out, and well, more or less on an even keel, and things don't get too bad too quickly until then something does happen. And the reason why I'm making this now is because I think the probability that some big bad things will happen is much greater now than it has been in many years. Most people don't notice it. Oh, by the way, probably something really good's going to happen is much greater now as well. We're in extremely volatile times. And if you're one of those who tends to think, well, I, I do this every day, and okay, COVID, that makes it bad, but I'm kind of getting used to that too. You notice that? You notice that? Here in Japan, go out, practically everybody has a mask on. Even though weeks ago, the CDC said that masks don't really help you in the street at all. 
you'd think that that news would have leaked through and people think, okay, well, I don't need a sim, go walk down the street with no mask. But no, you still see people driving their cars alone wearing a mask. In other words, when human beings, when they get used to something, when they get used to something, they don't tend to want to change. If it's something good, a positive habit, like, I don't know, going jogging, exercise, once you get used to that, it's fantastic because you're going to keep doing it and that's good for your health. But if you get used to something like smoking, well, that's really bad for you. Human beings, for some reason, tend to latch so into the habits. They develop habits and then they, the habits become their best friends which is why it's so important to, to develop good habits. That's going to be a separate podcast. That's a very, very important topic. But as far as the news is concerned, we all we read the news, and of course these days, so often we're just not seeing the truth in any way, shape, or form. Mainstream media. Many of you know that. Most of you say, well, that's not true. Uh, the one man, quite intelligent man, he said he has a variety of sources. So they complement each other. So what are they? He said, he actually said the CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, and Washington Post. I said, but they're all left. He said, no, they're not. They're totally objective. Wow. Wow. Some of the people have no idea. Really. But of course, if you follow those news sources, only those news sources, you think that they're objective. They're like your best friends. Wow. Is all I can say. And this person has to be a very good friend of mine. It's very sad. He'll learn in the future. The truth is going to come out about these things. Uh, but it's really sad that people become such sheep and they're not a bit more critical in their thinking. I'm the type, I'll listen to anybody, not that I believe anybody. I'm <laughs> not that I believe anybody. But I can tell you some kind of drug addict who wants to say, oh, sir, maybe you could help me. Uh, uh, I found a, a, a dead body under a bush over there. First thing I think is some kind of turkey once he came a bush and beat me over the head. But if he's not too big, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I might say, okay, let me have a look. Because maybe he's just having a hallucination, but maybe there's a dead body under that bush. Sure, there's drug addicts, nobody to trust. But you never know. Even somebody who's mentally ill can sometimes observe something in, in quite well. And if it's something important, we should listen to these other voices. And let me tell you, some of the voices out there that are making constant videos about the vaccines and how dangerous they are, these are not some drug addicts in a park or mental patients. These are people like Dr. Peter McCullough, world-renowned cardiologist that has treated hundreds and hundreds of COVID patients successfully using therapeutic drugs like hydroxychloroquine. And remember, Trump said that could work. And people said, oh, he's going to kill people with that. And now it's coming out study after study. Yes, in the early stages, that can work. Once again, Trump was right, I guess. Oh, we're going to see in the future just how right he was. Mark my words here, my liberal friends. No, I'll say leftist friends because the word liberal has connotations that I'm not seeing leftists uh, represent very well these days. The blocking of freedom of speech, that's not a liberal idea whatsoever. That's communism, fascism, totalitarianism. Uh, as I always say, there's a two-sided coin that on one side has communism. Picture Stalin or Mao Zedong. Or Pol Pot. And on the other side, it has fascism. Adolf Hitler being the most famous representative of that. But it's the same coin. And that coin is called totalitarianism. It's the same coin. Hey, let's turn it over to the left. Oh, we have communism. Let's turn it over to the extreme right, the other side of the coin. And it's Hitler. But it's the same coin. It's totalitarianism. 
They use the same techniques. And these people are clever. Believe me, if you're my leftist friends, believe me they're cleverer than you are. Believe me. Because if you were that clever, you wouldn't be saying some of the things you're saying. Let me quote Hermann Göring, one of the Nazi greats, that fat guy you might have seen in pictures, right? Uh, long-year friend. He was a, a war hero in the First World War. He's a great aviator. He became friends with Charles Lindbergh. Went there, they're exchanging stories of how they were of, of flying stories. You know, Lindbergh, who made the first transatlantic flight and everything. Göring very respected that. But then, of course, later Lindbergh was on the American side once war broke out. Of course, at least he said he was. I don't know. I'll have to look into it more. But here's a quote in English from Hermann Göring. Think about this as I say it. Naturally, he said, the common people don't want war, neither in Russia, nor in England, nor in America, nor for that matter in Germany. That is understood, Groven continues. But the people can always be brought to the bidding of the leaders. That is easy. All you have to do is tell them they are being attacked and denounce the pacifists for lack of patriotism and exposing the country to danger. It works the same way in any country. He said that during the Nuremberg trials, when he was on trial for his life, he managed to commit suicide then, so he wasn't hanged in, in. Somebody sneaked him in of some kind of poison pill. But yeah, he was explaining that. <laughs> communists know that. The Nazis might have learned it from the communists. I'll read it again. Naturally, the common people don't want war. He knew that. Neither in Russia, nor in England, nor in America, nor for that matter in Germany. You don't want war, do you? I sure don't. And he said, that's understood. But the people can always be brought to the bidding of the leaders. That's easy. All you have to do is tell them they're being attacked and denounce the pacifists for a lack of patriotism and exposing a country to danger. It works the same way in any country. You know, my friends, this reminds me of the days, weeks, months, years after 9-11, doesn't it? We are being attacked. Huh. Uh, what, you're a pacifist? Look, we're in danger. You have to be patriotic here. And before you know it, we're in a war. After September 11th, yeah, first I thought, oh my God, Al-Qaeda, terrible. I believed the whole narrative. But in the years after that, I thought the following. I thought, you know, because I always think like the enemy. I could also think like the good guys, no? But I thought, if I were Bin Laden, what would I do now? Okay, you bring down the World Trade Center, right? Those buildings. Including the building that shouldn't be mentioned, I think, in YouTube. The, that building 7, I believe it was. <laughs> Why shouldn't that be mentioned? Look, look into it. Look into it. That building wasn't attacked by any plane, but it just collapsed. Oh, I guess I had a weak structure. Now, look into what, what, what some of the stuff was that was in that building. I'll just say it now. Because I've changed my view. For years, I believed the official narrative. Now I no longer do. For years, I was serving the following. I thought to myself, okay, Bin Laden wants to destroy America. Fine. Hey, he brought down those twin towers and killed 3,000 people and the attack on the Pentagon. That's a little strange, too, if you look into it more. Listen to the other side there. First, I didn't take the other side seriously. But think about this. If I were Bin Laden, what I've done, I would have sneaked some more terrorists in the country. I would have said, for example, okay, let's wait till Christmas. December 23rd, when everybody's out shopping in the shopping centers, let's send 10 terrorists to 10 shopping centers in 10 cities. You can sneak in there easily with some kind of gun, even automatic weapon and a pistol under your winter coat, right? Then at a certain time, all of you start shooting people. 
Let me ask you in the shopping center near your house. I'm sure there's one more or less near your house. If you went in there when it's really crowded and you had a couple of guns with a lot of ammunition, how, and maybe a, a grade 8 in your pocket, how many people will you kill before security officers kill you? I guarantee you. Even if you just learned that you used a gun here like last week, you'd be able to kill probably at least 10 people. Hey, if it's just a grenade, you can kill maybe 10 people just with that. If you have a gun, especially something automatic, you just keep shooting and shooting people. Before the security guards or policemen, and they're not trained for terrorists after all, if they start shooting, they might shoot some innocent person behind you. You go into a crowd, right? The crowd's going to run away from you. You just start shooting them. How many people could you kill? Imagine if they had done that in December 2001, a few days before Christmas, in 10 different cities, in 10 different shopping centers, all at the same time. So there's no warning if you do it one day, one place, the next day, the next place, then after it happens one place, you're going to have, you know, more guards in the other places. No, it's scheduled at the same time in 10 places. All over America, you would have had the phenomenon that people would have been terrified to go to their local shopping center. Never mind the fact that probably, uh, well, I know there are thousands of shopping centers there, but if it happens at 10 at the same time, people would have stayed home, the Christmas sales period would have been ruined, the economy would have suffered, people would have been terrified, everybody's Christmas would have been ruined. But I was thinking, why doesn't he do something like that? Is Bin Laden dumber than I am? Because if I were an evil terrorist, I'd do something like that. I thought of other plans that I'm not going to tell you, unless, unless somebody, <laughs> so I guess some evil person used those plans. Because that's relatively easy. I thought of a whole lot of things. If I were an evil terrorist, I'd do this, but they weren't doing any of that. Oh, we heard stories about how you know, the Homeland Security foiled this plot and they foiled that plot. Well, maybe so. I guess there's some plots they foiled by really dumb individuals. But believe me, if I were an evil terrorist, I could do things and they wouldn't stop me. And Bin Laden, I have to assume he and his people altogether must, must be cleverer than I am. They have more experience killing people, that's for sure, because I never killed anybody in my life and never hoped to. But why weren't those things happening? And I thought, could it be that maybe that was a false flag operation, the whole 9-11 thing? Could that be? Remember this podcast you know, a few months from now, six months from now, eight months from now. Remember the things I'm, I'm telling you here. Once again, it connects to inertia, right? In one sense or the other. Remember when the masks got started? It was the inertia. I don't want to put on a mask. Oh, no, this uncomfortable. It's not attractive. The woman say, oh, I, I want people to see my beautifully make-upped face. <laughs> I don't want them to see wear the mask. But then once they were pushed into it in some countries under threat of if you walk down the street and wear a mask, you pay hundreds of dollars in fines. So they got the people, they forced people, like in Spain, for example, I have friends there that report on these things to me. Uh, you have these people that were being pushed into it, forced into wearing the mask. But then once that once that starts, it's like well, inertia in the other sense. The object at rest tends to stay at rest. It doesn't move. There's no force to push it. But once it's in motion, it tends to stay in motion. Ah, that's interesting too, right? Once the masses start, oh, you have to wear a mask, you have a mask. Then they're, then they're always wearing their masks like good little sheep. And then they're always telling people, you have to wear your mask, you have to wear your mask, right? Because then the object is in motion. The wear your mask object is in motion. And it doesn't stop even weeks after the CDC itself. And they're not saints at the head of that, my friends. Mark my words there too. They're saying, well, no, there's no study that proved that there, there was even a single person that caught COVID on the street, walking down the street next to other people that, you know, none of them wearing masks. And yet still, here in Japan, as I say, 99% of people are wearing masks still. 
no matter where they go, they're wearing masks. Some probably wear the mask at home. I wouldn't be surprised here. Because that object, the wear your mask object, is in motion. And until some other force stops it, I, I always, I joked here at the beginning, but it was only half a joke. The Japanese are going to wear a mask until the president comes out and says, stop wearing those masks. Otherwise, 50 years from now, they'll be wearing these masks because that's the way they are. Talk about inertia in Japan. Oh my God, once they start doing something, they will not stop. If they're not wearing masks, okay, every year you see some people wearing masks here because of allergies. 10% of the people during allergy season. Because they're not as vain as the Spanish. I knew people in Spain had severe allergies because of pollen in the air. And masks can stop pollen. Pollen is much bigger than a virus, so it, it, it can stop pollen. I had allergies in Spain in May and I wore a mask all the time and no problem with the allergies. But I knew so many Spanish people come to my English class sneezing and everything. I say, why mask? Oh, it looks funny. Spanish are more vain than the Japanese. The Japanese, if they have allergies, they wear a mask. They're sensible. But then when they're told you should wear a mask, and there's no mask law here. There was never a law because it would go against their constitution. But all the president has to do is say, I recommend you wear a mask. And they all wear a mask. And they won't stop until somebody comes out and says, stop wearing masks. Uh, that's a little bit too much of the sheep mentality, if you know what I mean. A bit too much of that, let's say. So, how does inertia show itself in your life? It's in everybody's life in some respect. Your daily routine, that's inertia. You do everything in a certain way. Boy, do I have that, or I could say, do I suffer from that? Before I go out and actually meet a friend, and eh, well, do I want to do it? I don't want to do it spontaneously. Well, okay, plan it for next Tuesday. Da, da. So yeah, that's my inertia. I admit it. I openly confess it. But because I have my inertia of staying in my chair, the object at rest, taste at rest, but then doing things on my computer, making podcasts, doing music, writing stuff, whatever, uh, then I am being active, being creative, which is the most important thing for me anyway. If I'm out meeting friends all the time, I'm not going to be as creative. So that has a justification. Uh, and I already have my good habits of doing exercise, running every two days. But it took me eight months to turn that into a habit, let me tell you. Because getting, forming a habit to do exercise, I'm going to do a podcast about that too. That's not easy to do. It took me eight months before finally it was just automatic. Every two days I'm going to go out running. Before inertia in the, in the motion sense had set in, right? But now in the political sense, when you watch news, for example, are you really critical of what you hear? Do you hear something and think, well, is this really true or not? Because now more than ever in your lives, most likely, I would say, uh, well, unless, unless your birth predates World War II, <laughs> I'd say now more than ever in your, more than ever in my life, it's important to doubt and to use critical thinking. I don't care whom you're listening to. Whether listening to CNN, whether it's to Fox News, Tucker Carlson, I think he's a very honorable man. But you, but despite his being honorable, and I think he is honorable, I think he he wants to say things as they are. But maybe he just doesn't have the right information, or maybe he's distorting something. Always be critical. I've criticized him a lot in these months, but for the reason that he's not. There are things that he knows that he's not saying because Fox probably wouldn't let him say those things. He seemed to be slightly critical of Fauci even last year, but he wasn't saying too much. Now he's really tearing apart, now that the concrete evidence is coming out. But he knew he knew a lot of things that were going on, but he wasn't able to say it. And believe me, there are other things, big things that he knows that he can't talk about. So in that sense, too, I'm critical of him. Because in the news, theoretically, you know, have people forgotten what the perfect reporter should be like? Or perfect newscaster? The perfect newscaster should study the sources, 
They should not follow any political agenda. They should be critical thinkers. Hey, remember Woodward and Bernstein back in the water? You know, search and search and interview and have your sources, secret sources, open sources, put the pieces together. I, I never read a whole lot about the Watergate scandal. I know something about it. Uh, whether the political agenda there, almost certainly there was. I don't think Bernstein and Woodward were ardent Nixon supporters. Were. So, yeah, the political agenda was there against Nixon. That's true. But on the other hand, Nixon committed crime. So, yeah, any reporter. And, you know, I'm the type, I don't care if it's person right or left. If I think a politician's crooked, he should be investigated. But most people only want to investigate the people on the other side. Oh, no, he's our man, so we're not going to investigate him. I don't think that's right, especially not for an investigative reporter. They should go down any road that, that could lead them to the truth. But that art slash science has been practically totally lost these days, especially on the left. When you hear the things they put out in NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, oh, my God. You see them talking to Biden and not even challenging anything he says when he said, even when he says something really dumb. But then with Trump, he could say something even good and they, they challenge it. You look at the way they talked to, uh, had that interview NBC with Putin and the whole, one of the condensed interview that they put on TV a lot, the six minute interview that was only criticizing Putin. Are you really a killer? And did you really do this? Instead of all the good things he's done for Russia. Wow. And let me tell you, the, uh, poisoning of people in England, everything from the beginning, I was convinced he didn't do that. I won't get into that now. Uh, if you think critically, Ron Paul also doubted that, and with good reason. Or uh, or the dictator of Assyria. The name doesn't even occur to me now. Uh, what's, the, what's the guy's name? Oh, God, is, is this age setting upon me or what? Uh, the dictator, the, the second. Yeah, Assad, of course, Bashar al-Assad. Funny how these things slip your mind. Did that happen to me when I was 20? I don't remember. Maybe it did. But I'm 65 now, so this thing's going to happen. Yeah, how they say he gassed the village against the Geneva Convention and everything. I was never convinced he did that because it was a stupid thing to do. All the world was against him then. I think it was a false flag operation, as Ron Paul said as well. Uh, I said it before Ron Paul. Well, as far as I know, I don't know exactly when Ron Paul said it. I was telling my friends that, and then I heard that Ron Paul said the same thing. Uh, it's going to come out how the CIA has a lot of these false flag operations. Uh Assad is not really the bad guy that he's made out to be. And there are a lot of revelations that are going to be made, things that are going on. But if you're a CNN sheep, I'll say, you have no idea about a lot of things that are going on now and that are going to be revealed. You're going to be falling out of the clouds, as they say in German. Alan Bolkenfallen. You're going to be falling out of the clouds. You're going to be so surprised at some of the things. Oh, you don't have to believe me now. Not believing now. And hey, maybe I'm wrong. I never say 100% sure because that's the mantra of the fanatic, and I'm certainly not a fanatic. For me, it's all about probability. But I would say now there's a good uh, over 95% probability that I'm right here. And big revelations are on the not too distant horizon. So now, once again, with inertia, what kind of person are you? Do you just tend to believe everything you see in the mainstream media? If so, do you think that's a wise course of action? Do you ever try to put pieces together? Do you think, why are they telling us this now? Perfect example of that is these revelations about UFOs. Oh, is that an interesting topic? You know, it was Trump that said, yes, in June, I think it was going to be within 180 days, it would turn out to be, I think, the 25th of June. There could be revelations, you know, government revelations of, you know, more facts about UFOs and their existence. 
what I thought was interesting, Biden was there the first day in office signing over 20 executive orders, canceling everything Trump did. And then, well, he set a record for executive orders. In other words, ruling like a king or a dictator, not going through Congress. No, just sign this order, this order, cancel this, cancel, cancel culture, I guess, the extension to the very top level. Let's just cancel everything Trump did. But that he didn't cancel. That he, isn't that funny? Why wouldn't he cancel that? Could it be he wasn't able to cancel that? Because that's the thing that goes through the Pentagon and he's really not in charge of the Pentagon. Just a little tip here for you, a little thinking point, as I'll call it, you know, talking points. Uh, talking points should only come in after you've, you've perused the thinking points. Could it be that maybe he's not able to change that? But besides, with that whole thing, what revelations are going to be made anyway? And why, whenever they put it on TV, yes, the Navy has released yet another video showing a UFO. Or I saw one a couple of weeks ago. It was nine UFOs in some kind of pattern above some, some Navy ship or something. Wow, so now we have footage of nine UFOs there. and We don't know what they are. And no, they're not ours. And we don't think they're Russian. And then always, could these aliens be dangerous? Could they be planning to attack us? Did you think about that? Because none of these stories, I'm pretty sure they're on CNN as well, right? These, maybe you've seen some. Now, of course, inertia in your life maybe goes so far that you see things like this, that the, the you know, military releasing UFO videos, and you think, oh, well, just another story. Maybe you're so hypnotized by so many impressions, by so many shiny thought objects that are <laughs> bombarding you and have been for years to the media, and especially through internet, maybe you just think, oh, well, don't have to think about it too much. Oh, interesting. Okay, UFOs are there. Some people say that. Maybe you're one of those that always negated, said, oh, that's ridiculous, no UFOs. And now you feel stupid because of it, as you should. Because anybody that got more deeply into the subject could see there's so many thousands of witnesses, you know, Air Force people and other military people, a few ex-astronauts. Anybody could see the evidence was overwhelming that these things exist. But if you were one of those people that just always, oh, that's ridiculous, you, where's your tinfoil hat, then now you'll see what a fool you were for not looking into it. For, once again, not looking at the evidence, just like voter fraud. Repeat after me. You must always study the evidence from both sides. Once again, children, you must always perceive, seek out, and study the evidence from both sides. Should we do it again? Or just put this uh, MP3 on, on repeat of that section. It's like in a court of law. You must hear the arguments from both sides. And with the election fraud, CNN, YouTube, Facebook, they don't want you to hear the evidence from the other side. Now, do you? That alone is suspicious. Who wants to cover up the evidence? In a court of law, who wants to cover it up? The ones that are lying. <laughs> Need I even say that? Need I even say that? But I, I know some people, leftists, and some are practically friends of mine. Yeah, one is a very good friend of mine. Fortunately, I don't have any contact with him these months, hardly at all. And it's better that way. Remember our civil war in America, how brothers were torn apart. You know, one fought for the North, one for the South. I don't want that to happen to us. But yeah, people that just refuse to look at the evidence and just dismiss it. Oh, that's just Trump making things up. Imagine you do that in the court of law. You know, you're really innocent and your defense attorney presents the evidence, but the, but the prosecutor says, oh, that, he's just crazy. He's just making that all up. And the judge just says, oh, yeah, right. Can you imagine that? Where would justice be? And just as in a court of law, you must hear and study 
and ponder the evidence from both sides. With the election fraud, the same thing. And you have to go into details. Take some time to do it. Don't be, don't be criminally superficial as so many people are. Oh, it's an election fraud. Oh, I don't believe that. Oh, I do believe it. Whatever. No, look at the evidence. But of course, you're caught in this trap of inertia. So you're used to believing what you see on, on your channel of choice, CNN or whatever, that you think, well, that's good. I don't have to think then. I'll just tell them. Oh, they'll tell me. They'll not only tell me what's happening in the world, and maybe it's happening, maybe not. And critical thinking is necessary there too sometimes, even a lot of times. But they also have their commentators. And so I'll just accept what their commentators say. On the left, I don't know, Anderson Cooper, whatever, uh, on, on, or uh, that Cuomo. Oh, my God, that Cuomo. <laughs> Chris Cuomo. Or on the right, okay, Tucker Carlson. I'll just believe everything Tucker Carlson says. Well, no, I think critically there too. I don't care who says anything. I want to look at the evidence. See where they got this so-called evidence. See if there's anything to it. If you go into election fraud, you'll see mountains of evidence. I saw it in November. It's all been documented, believe me. (laughs) Once again, a little tip for you here. If you think that, oh yes, election fraud evidence could come out, it could not come out, let me tell you. I'm convinced the militaries had this solid evidence since before Biden was put into office. They have known this. But if they had released this and said, no, Trump's, he won against the president, this could have meant civil war or World War III. And I believe, and I've probably studied this more than you, I'm hours a day at this since the beginning of 2020, really. I can only say, and I could be wrong here, but I think the military has all the evidence they've had it for quite some time. And what we're seeing now is basically a reality show. Yeah, they're, they're doing these audits and these audits are being done scientifically. And they're going to they're gonna have the proof in one state after the other. And they're doing it slowly so that people can see what's going on. And more and more people can realize, oh, wow, they really do have evidence. It's all about the people. Because those psychologists in the military and those in what I call the alliance, they know how much inertia has, has you in its grip. That you tend to believe things you believe before. You don't want to change your group or anything. So you have to be, you have to be deprogrammed dehypnotized over a longer period of time but you will see you will see could it be wrong yes and i'll be the first to admit that i'm wrong or believe me i'm not one of those that then tries to hide when he's wrong i'm gonna say well i guess i was wrong about that uh a lot of people aren't like that where are these people in 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 facebook that if a few years ago put in some like ufos oh you must be crazy ufos where are they now because i remember years ago maybe a friend of mine put something like ufos oh where's your tinfoil how do you want to see crazy and there were a lot of people saying things like that. But now the military is putting out these videos. Now suddenly all these people have disappeared. Why aren't they coming out and saying, you know, I guess you were right and I was wrong. Where are these people with a sense of honor and integrity? We don't find many anyway. I found more on the right than on the left, let me tell you. The leftists would scurry like little rats hiding in their corners when they think, oh, we don't want to admit that they were wrong. Well, coincidentally, a Pew Research Center graphic, you saw my, my talk on that in a previous episode, showed that uh, significantly more people to the left have mental problems than people to the right. And I saw a study, also they, they did a, a research study asking people on the street, the political affiliation and whether they've separated themselves from friends because of political beliefs. With the left, that's two, twice as prevalent. In other words, people on the right can think, you know, as I think, well, a person friend of mine, he has leftist beliefs, but in other things we harmonize. I'm not going to end the friendship, but people on the left are twice likely to say, you're not my friend anymore, you know? There's something vicious and ratty about people on the left. It's because they're more atheist there and they don't have any 
deeper sense of purpose or meaning in life, or maybe because they tend to take drugs more than people on the right. A lot of people on the right are religious people who think it's a sin to take drugs, right? So they don't do that so much, right? But people on the left, ah, let's do whatever we want. I don't know what reasons they are, but it's interesting to speculate. Uh, ask yourself if a family members, it's, it's, I, I, you know, I believe in, in analyzing other people and ourselves as well, why we act like we do. And with inertia, Ask yourself in general, are there patterns of behavior you have that you should be doing something and just not doing it? Maybe like lack of exercise. Could that be inertia in the negative sense? Or things that you do. Maybe you exercise too much and you notice the strain on your joints, but you just can't get out of this pattern of exercise, especially men are like that. I notice that. I like to do a lot of push-ups, but then my hands were starting to hurt. All oh, the bones are hurting, but I'm going to keep doing more push-ups. So I had to say, hey, I'm going to, well, now I do them differently. I hold on to some bars or something instead, so my hand's at another angle, right? But men tend to think, no, I'm going to push through the pain and do it. Well, that's also negative inertia. And here with the news, it's also negative inertia. If you're just saying, oh, turn on the channel of my choice, believe what they say, and don't think critically. That's a negative inertia. And I'm making this podcast at this time because we're going to have to rethink a whole lot of things in the months and few years ahead. I think humanity is in for a big wake-up call. You know how, uh, I don't know, you have to get up early in the morning, especially early, and you set an alarm clock, and you just happen to pick an alarm clock with an obscenely loud bell ringer to it. And then at 4.30 in the morning, you just, oh my God, what's going on? It's going to be similar to that, I think. <laughs> in other words, something's going to be coming out, and you think, oh my God, how is this even possible? Uh, one little tip I'll give you. I don't know when I'm going to upload this. Maybe it already will have happened by the time I upload it, or I'll try to upload it maybe today. I don't know. It's quite possible and even probable. I won't say 99.9%. I'll say over 50 is improbable. We might be seeing some kind of big shock event. Something that seems extremely negative. This could be an economic collapse that would be really negative in a lot of ways. It could be uh, that we're on the verge of World War III or even things are beginning. Let me tell you, there's a, a good probability of that, I think over 50%, probably within the next few months. If this happened, uh, look, it's it's like, ever watch the show Mr. Ed, the talking horse. In the very first episode, Wilbur was saying when he learned that his newly acquired horse could talk, he said, well, how is this possible? He said something effect of, uh, don't think about it, Wilbur, it's bigger than we are. <laughs> well, this is bigger than we are. I think big things are on the horizon and there's nothing you or I as individuals can do about this. Could it be really bad? Yes, it could be. But if so, there's nothing we can do about it. I think there's a good probability, something like this, some big scare event. But there's also a very good probability it's not what it seems. So don't be too scared. Don't be as scared as you would otherwise be. In other words, if World War III is announced, uh, yeah, I'll be somewhat scared. But uh, I have good reason to believe that it's possible it's just a big scare event and it will be solved within a relatively short time and it won't be as bad as it's made out to be. I'm telling you this just so if it happens, don't go into total panic mode. That wouldn't help you anyway. What are you going to do, really? We'll see what's down the road. And I'm not saying this is 99% probable. Uh, another good habit you should acquire, instead of when somebody contradicts something you believe in politics, instead of immediately adopting the opposite attitude or say reinforcing your own opinion a hundred percent ask him to what 
percentage do you believe what you're saying? And ask yourself that too. If you think Joe Biden is a great guy and he's a legitimate president, he was fairly elected. Do you believe that 100% really? Do you really believe If you believe 100%, you could be really shocked when the truth comes out. Do you believe it only 50%? If you're a, a Trump supporter that thinks that Biden's illegitimate, totally. Do you really believe that 100%? Or maybe you're just 90% sure or whatever. Everybody should talk in terms of uh, assessed or estimated probability. What are the, the facts as you know them tell you? What could alternative facts, alternative news sites, what pieces could they add to the puzzle? Your interlocutors, people with whom you're debating, people have a different opinion. What things do they say? Listen carefully what they say, no matter what side you're on, because maybe they could add other pieces to the puzzle. And then your intuition. What does your intuition add to that? Because that can also be a good guide. Just little tips here. In any case, as far as the grip of inertia, to get back, back to that as concerned, you see how all these things interlock and how they're all related. Don't get too locked into one path of action or of inaction. Don't tend to always believe, oh, things will go on as they, as they were before, more or less. That's also the path of inertia. Be conscious of the fact that it's quite possible, and maybe even probable now, that big, big things could happen and could totally upset your daily routine. And that's putting it really mildly. They could totally cast you into fear and terror. It could be an alien invasion. Maybe that's why they're preparing us for some big news, talking about these aliens showing up in UFOs. And could they be dangerous? Could they be dangerous? Always saying that. Why are they saying that? If aliens have been visiting us for decades, maybe hundreds of years, they want to kill us. They could have killed us thousands of years ago, probably. Why now so much? Oh, maybe they're going to start attacking us. Could this be beginning of a false flag operation? Hmm. If suddenly you turn on the news and hear the aliens are attacking, I think there's over a 50% probability it's a false flag operation. The aliens have nothing to do with it. I won't get into that now. I have in some other podcast or podcasts. But certain things bear repeating. I'm preparing you people for almost certainly big things to come. Hey, if I'm wrong... And life goes on as normal. Hey, let's hope it doesn't go on as normal as because now what's the normal? Uh, still wearing masks all the time in a lot of countries. The economy being all but ruined. People being almost forced to take vaccinations. Yet in quotes, vaccine because they're really not vaccinations. If you've gone into that on that subject too, don't let inertia take hold. Find the the alternate opinions of scientific experts, including a Nobel Prize winner. If that's not enough of a curriculum for you, I don't know what is. Listen to these people. If you want, write to me. I'll send you a whole, uh, send you a whole PDF with links in it. Hear all the evidence. And if you refuse to do that, you're a fool or simply vicious. You just will silence the other side because you think you have some advantages of being in the leftist herd. Don't be a fool. And don't be a liar. Move a bit in the direction of wisdom. Always hear both sides. Hey, if the other side says something ridiculous, you can prove it's ridiculous, point it out. But don't just say, oh, because some anonymous fact checkers of Facebook, they say this. Oh, yeah, who are these people anyway? You ever ask yourself that question? I remember a few weeks ago, I put up something. Yeah, I think it was by Luc Montagnier, Nobel Prize winner, 2008. They wouldn't let me put it up saying, their fact checkers have shown that this is misinformation by COVID. Oh, yeah, their anonymous fact checker is more reliable than a, a, somebody won the Nobel Prize in medicine. Oh, really? If you don't question that, and if you, even as a leftist, you don't fight against that, then you don't believe in democracy. 
And in America, as it is, with the Constitution we have, you have no place in America. Go to China. You would like it better there, maybe. Oh, you think you would. You think you would until you get there and see the things they do. And if you're somebody who's working for the Chinese agenda without realizing it, well, you're a fool. If you realize it, you're a traitor. The traitors will be brought to justice, I believe. The fools have to be re-educated. No, I don't mean throwing you all into some kind of prison camp as some people suggest they have to do with Trump supporters. <laughs> Just think about that. Just think about that. I'm not saying that. Reveal certain truths. Reveal the truths and say, look, here's the evidence. Study it. Get back to teaching in schools. Get the political agendas in general. So let's teach the children how to think for themselves. That's going to be a separate podcast. I have it on my list. So stay tuned. But in any case... Avoiding the comfort that inertia gives, whether that inertia be not moving and just staying in the, staying where you are and probably not doing anything, or moving on a certain path, even though it's not a good path for you, or just believing always the same news sources, not looking for other things, not even thinking about things, just accepting it. If that's the path of inertia, then that's a path that you should really change and you should get rid of inertia in certain areas of your life. Only build up positive inertia. And get rid of the negative inertia, because getting rid of the negative inertia is another tool in the great mental philosophical toolbox that we use, we who are on the path of Socrates. Thank you for listening, and you'll hear me again soon. Bye now. <laughs>